are so glad that you are here doing church with us, learning and growing about our Lord Jesus Christ this morning. I'd like to also welcome anybody joining us, watching us online this morning. We are glad you're here too. Put something in the chat, maybe how we can pray for you this morning. One of our online facilitators are there for all your prayer needs. Amen. So it feels like I have been gone forever. <laughs> uh, we've been gone for two weeks. We took a, a beach vacation. I'd just like to go ahead and say I'm glad to be back. I'd like to also thank Pastor Forrest for stepping in and stepping up a couple weeks back. We got to watch most of the message down at the beach. He did such a great job. And so thank you, sir. I love you. You always do a great job. And then who was here last week? Uh, Pastor Kitusi, man. Did y'all like him? Man, I could have sat listening to him talk all day. So he did a great job. He's the mighty man of God. Forty plus years. That's older than I am. Uh, in the ministry for Jesus Christ. A real world changer. Amen. It was pretty cool. Me and Pastor Jessica got to take him out to lunch afterwards and then drive him to the airport. So you better believe I was asking him all sorts of questions. He was tired of morning. I was like, I'm just ready to get on my plane and go home. Amen. But he'll be back. Trust me. He'll be back probably in about another year. But, amen. So this morning, though, I'm glad to be back. We are kicking off a new series, starting a new message, y'all. And this is going to be amazing. It might be the one and only time your pastor is going to tell you it's okay to fight. Church, you need to be fighting. Not just for you and your life, but for your kids and your grandkids. It's generational. And so this is the title of the message, Fight for Your Field. Say this with me. Fight for your field. Y'all sound kind of weak. I'm trying to pump you up. I said, fight. There you go. For your field. For your field. Amen. We have, uh, we have uh, an amazing calling that God gives us that we get to, to fight for the, the things of God. That's a that, that's a blessing in itself, fighting and standing for truth. And so that's what this message is, is all about, a reminder, a, a message that you and I need to stand in truth and fight in truth and fight for truth, fight for God and what he has given us. Fight for God and what he has given you. Because here's the thing, just in that little statement, just in the title of that message, you and I each have both of those things. You and I, everyone in this room, has a field. And so right now, I just want you to pray as we kick this off. Ask God, show me what my field looks like. Because each and every one of our fields look different. Some of them kind of are similar. They may look the same. But for the most part, each and every one of our fields are totally different from each other. And so I want the Lord to show that to you so that you can know how to be equipped to fight, right? Each and every one of us has a field that can be your job. It encompasses all sorts of things. It encompasses your family. It encompasses your relationships, your ministry, your gifts, all the circle of influence that you have. This is what our fields encompass. God has blessed you with a field. That's good news. On the flip side of that, each and every one of us are called to stand and fight for what God has given us. We all have a fight to, to fight. A lot of us are fighting battles God doesn't even call us to fight. And so if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. The only three battles you're called to fight are with sin, Satan, 
and sell. The only three battles God calls us to fight are against sin, Satan, and self. You noticed how your spouse wasn't on that list? <laughs> Come on, somebody. That person at work that you don't like wasn't on that list? That crazy Uncle Joe wasn't on that list? How do I know if I'm spinning my gears, wasting energy, valuable energy, fighting battles? I, God doesn't even call me to fight. Am I fighting against sin, Satan, and self? Because those are the only three things, hear me, that can keep you out of heaven. Those are the only three things that can kill and destroy not just you and your family, but your field and your life and the promise of God. So we all have a field and we all have a fight to fight. And this is a reminder, this message, as I've been trying to tie this together, showing you the three, the three things that we're called to fight, is a reminder that we're not called to fight against flesh. We are in spiritual, somebody say spiritual, spiritual. warfare. This is how our nation has lost its way. We're trying to fight physical battles when it's rooted in the spirit. And so as we kick this off, I just want to read the scriptures. And it comes out of Ephesians 6, 12. Right? The, the chapter of 6 of Ephesians lays out the whole armor of God. But I just want to give you verse 12. This is a reminder for us. For we are not, what? Fighting. I'm giving you permission to fight, but the scriptures are reminding us how we should fight. We are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of uh, uh, the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Church, it is going to take you and me fighting in the spirit against evil to save not just your life, your family's life, your kid's life, your state's life, your nation's life, the world's life. We are going to have to stand and fight to help keep our kids safe, to take our nation back, to take our world back for his glory. Pastor Keith Tusi said something so awesome last week, and it's just been burning in me all week. It just painted such an amazing picture with such a short statement. He said, a big problem with how our world has gotten the way it is is because the American church has turned itself into a cruise liner instead of being made into a warship. Y'all, that's exactly what has happened. The church has surrendered, relinquished holy ground, holy territory because we've been building our own comfortable lives. Anybody ever been on a, a cruise? Nobody? Oh, Lord, oh, there we go. I said, Lord, bless some folks with a cruise vacation. That was one of our favorite vacations. Oh, all my hands going up that we ever had as the Westbrooks. But just picture that cruise ship in the middle of a battle with a bunch of warships. Is that going to succeed? It's going to sink. You might sink in comfortability, I guess. But this is what's happening. Y'all, LCHP, Liberty Church, Holly Pond, hear me, is going to be equipped to be a mighty warship in the Spirit of God. Who's going to fight with me? Amen. I don't want to do it alone. I'll do it alone. We're going to talk about that a little bit today. 
But I want, it's, it's better to fight together. Amen. LCHP is going to be a mighty worship. That's for prophetic utterance in Jesus' name. Let's look at 1 John as we kick this off. Some more scriptures. I got two scriptures I want to give you. 1 John 5, 4 through 5. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Amen. This, is, this is 1 John now. Okay. The, the, the same author as John the Gospel, the same author of, of Revelations in, in 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. John says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. What? Our faith. Amen. For he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Pastor Ian, okay, if I'm in a spiritual fight, how do I fight? We fight and protect our fields with our faith. Faith is how we fight for our fields. You pray. You believe. You prophesy. You get in your word. You declare. You have expectation. You have hope. You get surrounded with other believers. You come to church. You go to small group. You help raise others up. Right? This is how we fight. We fight for our fields by our faith. It's our, fight, our faith in Christ that is our victory to overcoming the world. Your faith in Jesus is how you overcome the circumstances that we were talking about during worship this morning, the tsunamis of life. How has Aunt Teresa still been believing and praying and walking in joy? Because she knows the victory to overcoming that circumstance is in Jesus Christ. She needs some more Jesus. Whatever that circumstance is, it needs some more Jesus. Tell that circumstance you need some more Jesus. Right? That's how we overcome the tests and trials that the world has to throw at us. And the world has a lot to throw at you. It ain't going to just give up because you believe in Jesus. It's actually the opposite. Oh, you believe in Jesus? Let me show you this. You want to follow Jesus? Okay. Let's see how much you really believe. Because that's how the enemy works. I'm going to show you how it works this morning. Look at 1 Peter, uh, 1 Peter 5, 8. It says, be sober and vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Seeking whom he may devour. I looked up the word vigilant for you in the old Webster. Does anybody know what vigilant means? Vigilant means keeping careful watch for possible danger or difficulties. Keeping careful watch, being alert. When is Jesus going to come? Like a thief in the night. Are you, are you watching? Are you waiting? Are you expecting things of God to happen in your life? Are you praying for God to work in and through your life? Are you paying attention Church, are you paying attention to what's really spiritually going on in your life? I'm scared to say this, but I think a lot of the church is just sleepwalking in numbness. Why? Because we have these. We just spiritually walk, sleepwalking through life. I come to church on Sunday. Hopefully Pastor Ian preaches a fire message. I don't know if he does or doesn't. I get fired up, but then Monday morning, the enemy tries to come and steal that seed. And it's because I just, I go, I feel good, and then I go home, and then God says, you need to cultivate that word, you need to cultivate that promise, you need to seek that out of my word, you need to pray about that thing, and that's how we fight. I'm fighting for you on Sunday mornings, but hey, I really can't fight for you outside of praying for you on Monday through Sunday. You have to fight. 
You have to fight for you and for your kids. Right? So are you paying attention? Are you actively engaged with the kingdom of God? Are you actively engaged with the kingdom of God? If you're not actively engaged with the kingdom of God, that means the enemy is probably blindsiding you 90% of the time. And I feel depressed and I feel discouraged because I'm not actively pursuing the things of God. And God is the only one that can help you. The only one that can give you real direction and real guidance and real hope and peace that no person on earth can give you other than Jesus Christ. He's the only one. Amen. So let's look at that first point. So here, we all have to fight. The bat- Here's the good news. The battle for your eternal soul has already, somebody say already, already. been won through the finished work of Jesus Christ. If you're born again, you win. Anybody believe in Jesus this morning? You surrendered your life. Hallelujah. That's one battle that you don't have to fight anymore if you don't want to. Believe that word. Stand in that word that when Jesus said it's finished, it's finished. So believe that you're saved. Stop fighting that battle in your mind. Am I saved? Am I not saved? It's finished. Jesus has paid the penalty for forgiveness of sins. If you fall short and sin against God, what do I have to do? I have to repent. It's that simple. I get up. I repent. I still believe. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Get right whatever. If you've done somebody wrong, get right with them. Get right with your brother first, the Bible says. Then come and offer your gifts. Right? So that battle has already been won. Okay, Pastor, I hear what you're saying. So that battle's been won. I still have my life, and I still have all these problems. That makes me feel good, I guess, but I still like, I'm, maybe I'm like 20, maybe I'm 30, maybe I'm 40. Maybe. I got all this life. That's what we want to talk about. However, somebody say however. The battle for your life happens every day. When? When? Every day you have to fight. We are at war. Spiritual warfare with sin, Satan, and self. The only three things that can keep you out of heaven. Why is my eternal salvation, the destination of my soul, set if I believe in Jesus? Why? Because Jesus fought for me. Jesus fought for you. So if Jesus fought for me, guess what? Every day I'm going to fight for him. Before you were in agreement with, the, with, with evil, before you were in agreement with enemy, before you were in agreement with your addictions, your compulsions, your bad behaviors, you did them because they felt good. It looked good. It smelled good. It tasted good. Anybody get burned on them good things? <laughs> wasn't so good as you thought. That girlfriend wasn't as good as you thought. That boyfriend wasn't as sweet as you thought. That drug felt good the first couple times, and then before you knew it, you had to do more to feel the same as you did the last time. Then you started stealing from your grandma and your mom and started lying and cheating and doing things you never thought you would do. Right? We are at war. You are in agreement with those things. Why can't you come into agreement with what God says about you? You did all those things in agreement with evil. Why can you not come into agreement with the God that loves you and says you can fight? 
You may not know the answers and the details of how I'm going to get you to the promised land, but you can trust me. So stop fighting the only one that loves and cares about you and begin to agree with, who, with the God, the King of Kings, and begin to fight the enemy that's been deceiving you your whole life. You're mad at the wrong person. God, you're not doing it fast enough. God, you're not hearing me. God, why not? He's saying, my answer's yes and amen through my son, but my timing's perfect. I want to cultivate faith inside of you. I want to do things in and through so that when it happens, that miracle will never be snatched, that seed of that miracle will never be snatched from your life ever again. You will die proclaiming the truth of Jesus Christ because I met you and answered you at the hills, at the hilltops, in the valleys, in the fields. You got to fight for your field. He met me in the darkness in those, those, those sleepless nights. And he met me in those, those deep depression despairs. When I was doubting God in the cab of my truck, God, you met me because he fights for you. We have to fight for him. Amen. Let's look at John, thir- uh, John 16, 33. So it's interesting. We read, we read 1 John. The top of this, he's talking about our victory that overcomes the world is in our faith. The same writer, John, the disciple John, who Jesus loved, writes in John 16, 33, what Jesus actually said. And it sounds a lot like what we already read. But this is Jesus himself. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me here on earth. You will have many trials and sorrows. You can have peace in me. I love you. I'm going to redeem you and save you. But. You're going to have to fight. The world rejected me. The world despised me. It's going to reject and despise you. You're going to have many trials and sorrows. But, he says, take heart because I have overcome those things. If you want to overcome, you got to come into agreement with the overcomer. Come on, somebody. You can, but you got to come into agreement with the only one who can. And believe me, he can. If he set me free from all the things that he set me free from, I'm still dealing with some stuff. But hallelujah, he can do it for you. Believe me, he can. Jesus has fought for us. Now, we have trials, we have tests. Some days I have a battle, some days I don't. Some days are, 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 are kind of good in the kingdom of God, hallelujah. Amen. So not every day am I called to be in a battle. Do you know, uh, during wartime, they're not fighting 100% of the time. They're still in war, but what are they doing the other times they're not actually fighting, engaged in battles? They are preparing themselves. We are constantly at wartime. And so even when, when, when the day is good, I still don't get relaxed, don't turn the cruise on, because that's when you get blindsided. It's when you're not actually in a battle that you have to be preparing for the next battle. Come on, somebody. So not every day is a battle, but every day we are at war. We have to pick our battles, folks. You get to dictate to the enemy what battles you're going to fight. See, a lot of us are just living on defense all the time. I'm so glad Alabama's football team has an awesome offense. Offense is so much funner. Roll Tide, come on, somebody. 
If you feel beat up, if you feel discouraged, depressed, it's probably because you've been playing defense the whole time. You need to start preparing an offense. This is your only offense, the Word of God. And so preparation is key. When you have downtime, when you have good days, are you still preparing? Pastor Keith, he did some extra studying this week, and he shared it with me. I said, that's good. I'm going to borrow that. So he looked into some wars, war times and, and, and sections of history, and he looked at the Civil War. Where's all our history buffs? How, how long do you think the Civil War lasted? Where's our newly graduates? <laughs> it may be shorter than you thought. It only lasted four years. How many battles would you say, would you guess, were in that the four years of, of wartime? <clears throat> Anybody? Just shoot some. 50? There was 150 battles. Do the math on that. 360 times 4 is, I don't know how much. But they were really only in battle for 10% of the time. The rest of that 90% of time of four years, what were they doing? They were hunkering down. They were planning. They were preparing to attack. How they would attack. So hear me, you can't just wing it. Stop winging it. Jesus loves you. Yeah, I can just, Jesus loves me just to give me. You can't wing your life. No millionaire on earth just got to be a millionaire by winging it. No pastor got on stage to be a pastor, a campus pastor, a church pastor, mega church pastor by winging it. Whatever that, that God-sized dream that is inside of your heart that only you know of, whatever that field is that God hopefully is showing you this morning, you can't get there, you can't, you can't begin to see those things happen in your life until you begin to start planning and preparing and doing what God has asked you to do. You have to plan, prepare, you have to fight. So stop wasting energy fighting battles you're not called to even fight. I feel like one of the things that is rooted inside of churches is this battle to battle for acceptance. We're all over here fighting this battle for everyone to like me and to accept me. And, and, and God's already called you accepted by, in Jesus' name. He proved it. We talked about it this morning doing communion. You're fighting a battle that's already been won. We're fighting battles of, of comparison. They're good at this. I'm going to be better. I'm not. These are bad. We're not never called to compare our lives to any other person on the face of the planet other than your heavenly father. You're fa fighting battles. You're not even called to fight that God's already given you victory over. If you could start harnessing and focusing your energy and your faith into those, those couple battles that God really wants you to be engaged in right now for you to find freedom, the devil knows that you'd find freedom. But he wants you stuck fighting him, sin, and self. Most of the time, you're fighting yourself more than you're fighting the devil. He just lets you fight yourself. He's like, he's beating himself up. Look at him just beating himself up, running circles. How long were the Israelites in the desert? 40 years. Some of y'all been fighting the same battle longer than 40 years. Battle of insecurity. Battle of abandonment in your life. Battle of, of jealousy in your life. God says, why are you, I can't imagine what God thinks. I know what Jesus is saying. He's praying for you with the right hand of God saying, just give him more time, Father. Give him more time. Give him grace. Give him mercy. When it clicks, it's going to click. I'm trying to help that click for you this morning. 
for you to see what battles you need to be fighting. Amen? Let's look at that next point. So the battle for my eternity has been won. Jesus, thank you. Now every day I have to fight for you because you fought for me. So your daily life not only determines your eternal reward, based on what I do each day, is going to determine what kind of reward I get when I go to heaven, but it also determines the fruit of your field. And so a field, any farmers in the house? Anybody? A couple, couple of you, yeah? Jessica, you're doing all sorts of farming, ain't you? What is a big, empty field for a farmer other than work? It's opportunity. Your field, we have endless fields of opportunity in this sanctuary right now. And so if you just don't do anything with that giant field of life, what is happening? That opportunity is slipping through your fingers. That's opportunity for provision. That's opportunity for, for joy and opportunity for peace and opportunity for all the things. And so the fruit of your field, part of what your field is, is, is these two things, your influence and your impact on other people. That's part of the encompassing part of your field. Because when you live by faith, it's going to touch others. When you live by faith, it'll, it, God downloads it down to us, and then it's supposed to go crossways to the people that I love and, and care about, people in my life. And so that's how I also fight for my field. And then, you know, when you begin to win other people over for the gospel of Jesus Christ, then you have other people fighting also alongside of you. Do you see that? So hear me. What I do today has the power to change my tomorrow. If I waste today, tomorrow is gone. If I, just imagine, somebody says, hey, I got 20 acres of land I just want to give you. Would you say, nah, nah. Anybody? God has given you more than 20 eternal acres of field. And you are rejecting it every day when you don't prepare and plan and fight. Because if you don't sow seed, you don't have fruit. How do I plan and prepare? I have to be sowing. I have to be putting my hands to the plow for the kingdoms of God so that I can enjoy a harvest, a fruit later on down the line. But I have to plan for that future thing right now. All you have is right now. What you do on a daily basis matters. It's how you practice and prepare that determines whether you will succeed or fail. It's the, it's the principle of sowing and reaping. So if my daily habits matter, Pastor Ian, yes, they do. If they matter, are you actively engaging with the Holy Spirit every single day? Because the Holy Spirit is going to be the key to your victory. He is the only part of God that is here on earth with you. If you've been through the encounter, you've heard that, right? God is where in heaven. Jesus is where in heaven. Holy Spirit is where here inside of you, just waiting for you to invite him to begin to work in your life. And so every day, are you engaging with the Holy Spirit? And if you are not communing, talking to him, allowing him to lead and guide your life, letting him help you, I can guarantee you are probably on defense all the time. You are probably feeling whooped, like a lost puppy or whatever, I don't know. Depressed, discouraged, and it's because you are not tapping into that part of God that can help you. Not just experience victory, but have success 
Enjoy while you're even waiting for those things that have not yet happened to happen. And that's what we by faith do as we wait, right? So God says, faith is, 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 comes by hearing and, and, and hearing the word of God, right? So I hear what God says, then I have a choice. I can do what he says or I cannot do what he says. And when I begin to do what he says, then I begin to, to believe and have faith, but also I'm planning for my future, but also I can see and, and, and pray and prophesy that those things are going to happen as I'm doing them. Do you see how that works? You can only do that. That victory can only come if you are in spirit, in tether with the Holy Spirit of God on a daily basis. Let's look at 2 Samuel 23, 11 um, through 12. So this is right at the end of 2 Samuel. There's 24 chapters in uh, 2 Samuel. Samuel is filled with all the stories of David and King Saul, right? And so this is ex explaining and describing at the end of David's life is his mighty men. And Shammah was actually David's third man in charge. How did Shammah get to be the third man in charge? He had to, by faith, do things that God asked him. He didn't just wing it and become David's third man. And so this cool little story explains something that Shammah did. And so verse 11, next in rank was Shammah, son of Agi from Harar. One time the Philistines gathered in Lehi and attacked the Israelites in a what? Fields. Somebody was paying attention. We're talking about fields, right? They attacked the Israelites in Shammah in a field full of lentils. As I gather, I guess lentils are like a vegetable, a type of bean. Beans, that's cool. Let's say it together. Beans. Beans. They were in a field of beans, right? They were holly pond, right? So uh, the, Israelite, the Israelites, Shammah's friends, the people Shammah's fighting with, they left. They fled. They ran away. They were scared. But, there's always a holy but somewhere, Shammah held his ground in the middle of the field and beat back the Philistines, so the Lord brought about a great victory. Everybody else ran and Shammah stood and fought. You and I need to be more like Shammah. So many Christians are running from the fight that the enemy is bringing against their lives. It's too hard. It's, I don't know the answers. And we're just surrendering good, holy ground. God declares you can win it, but we have to stand and we have to actively fight the enemy. Shammah actively fought the enemy. If Shammah played defense on that day, he'd probably be dead. We wouldn't be talking about Shammah. Some of y'all, this is a word for somebody, the Holy Spirit showed me, some of y'all, if you keep playing defense, you're going to die. The enemy is going to win. If you keep playing defense, you're eventually going to give up on this addiction thing. And you're going to succumb to temptation. If some of y'all keep playing defense, you're going to throw in the towel. If Shammah played defense that day, we wouldn't even be talking about him. He would have never worked his way up the, the ranks to make David's third man in charge. Here's the cool thing. When we stand and when we fight and we win for God's honor like Shammah did on that day, others will see that victory. Just imagine what all the others were saying about Shammah when he came back into the camp. And said, guess what? I won. I bet they talked about that day for the rest of the days of his life. So what happened to Shammah's influence? It grew. What happened to Shammah's territory? It grew. What happened to Shammah's fields? 
It grew. Why? Because he stood and fought. When you stand and fight, others will see your victory and God will increase your field and increase and enlarge your territories and increase and enlarge your harvest. Right? He will multiply our influence to impact others and enlarge our territory. So look at the next point. So God calls us to fight. Every day you have to plan and pick your battles. And when you begin to do that, you might actually then begin to feel the enemy, Satan, come against your life. Because before, why do he have to mess with you? <laughs> You've been blaming the devil for all the problems in your life when it's really been you. <laughs> That's thinking devil. No, God told you to not do that. <laughs> when you begin to actively fight and pursue the things of God, then the devil will say, okay. And he knows he can't steal your eternity. So what does he look to? Steal the fruit from your fields. Right? He wants to steal the fruit from your field. Demonic attacks in the life of a Christian are intended to produce barren lives, literally creating an unfruitful field. If we're not bearing fruit, we're not expanding the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is not multiplying in and through us, the enemy wins. We must station ourselves like Shama, defend our ground, and destroy the enemy. I said destroy the enemy. Every demonic defeat produces a spiritual victory. Every time you beat the enemy and you win, you're like, that wasn't that hard. I can see the victories in my life as I begin to live for Jesus. And it was like, that. Why was, I be, why was I so stressed out about that battle? That was not hard. Jesus was with me. But you got to do that thing. you got to take that step. you got to take that step of faith. Uh, and when you do that, that victory produces more victories in your life. So are you defeating demons? Anybody defeating demons this morning? Praise Jesus. Because when they're defeating you, it's no fun. God calls us to defeat demons. I tell all my, you all know I do pest control, and I, I meet a lot of my customers. Some are so, so sweet, and I say, yeah, I slay demons and bugs. I'm killing your bugs, and I'm praying around your house. If you ain't got a pest control, man, come see me. Got ants in your house? Come see me. Got wasp in your eaves? Come see me. Amen? Are you defeating demons? God calls you to defeat demons. The enemy is called to be under your feet. Why are you allowing him to live free on your back? Speaking doubt and lies in your ear. He's called to be under your feet in Jesus' name. Amen? Here's the thing. Satan hates you. Stop petting your sins and breathing life into your sins, those things that you already know are evil and not good for you. How do they stay alive? You keep feeding it. Amen. And you think when you do that, you're actually, Satan hates you. You're in that snare, in that trap. He's jealous of you. Jealousy is an evil thing. Anybody ever been really jealous of somebody? It eats you up on the inside. When you see them messing up, it almost gives you joy on the inside. Y'all better not be doing that. But we've all been there, right? That's how the enemy sees you. That's how the devil sees you. When you're living less than what God's called you to live. He hates you, hates your family, hates your ministry, hates your gifts, hates your soul, hates your fields. He doesn't want you bearing fruit. He wants to strip you of everything that he can. 
And if you feel stripped right now, it's probably because you've given it to him. God says that you can. Amen. Look at Matthew eleven twelve. 12. I'm wrapping up. This is Jesus. He says, And from the time John the Baptist began preaching until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing. Doing what? Fighting. The kingdom of God has been forcefully advancing. Not playing defense. Forcefully playing offense. And the violent people are attacking it. So know that when you live for God and you become on the offense, don't be surprised anymore when the enemy comes against your life. Stop being surprised when bad things happen. Why are you surprised? Jesus said it would happen. Remember, we are at war with evil. 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 God calls us into his glorious light to be the salt of the earth and the voice of truth. We are at war with evil. Amen. Look at Matthew 10, 34. This is Jesus again. And this is some controversial scripture. I'm going to try and lay it out there for you. He says, don't imagine that I came to bring peace to the earth. I came not to bring peace, but a sword. Pastor Ian, the peacemaker said he didn't come to bring peace. Jesus came to bring peace. If you study this out, what he means is he came, if you read the rest of those scriptures, he talked about a family being divided if Jesus ain't number one. If you make Jesus number one, you better know that things will be divided. And Jesus came to divide only two things. Do y'all know? You tracking with me what it is? He came to divide good and evil. He came to divide good and evil. You can't live in both. You can try, and your life will look gray. When you live in black and white, you mix them together, and you just blah. You don't make a difference. You're not happy. You're just gray. But when you live for Jesus, and you live in a glorious light, you're all white. Come on, somebody. Amen. And I've been in the all black. That's a scary, scary place. Amen. So don't be surprised when the enemy comes against you, And Jesus says, I did not come just to bring peace, but also a sword, which is an offensive weapon, the sword, the word of God. He says, I divide evil from good, and I need you to fight with my word. With the sword of God, the sword of the Spirit, is how you're going to overcome in Jesus' name. And then that last point. So you have a field. All of us have a field. Part of that field is your influence. (laughs) And this is called your Fran. Say it with me. Fran. Oh, Franny. We're going to cut it short. Fran. It stands for your friends, your relatives, associates, and neighbors. We all know somebody. Right? And that influence is what God wants to cultivate and grow when we fight for God. We're not fighting for temporal prizes. We are fighting for eternal souls. You have to fight for your field. You know this. When you fight for, for God and fight for your field and fight for your life and fight for your family, you're not doing it just for you. Kingdom of God is bigger than just us, right? God sees souls. We have to see souls. We have to get past our bad feelings. I've been really struggling trying to pray for our current president. And my battle is not with his flesh and bone. It's the, my battle is with the spirit that is driving him and the spirit that is driving Washington, D.C. 
It's the spirit of divination. It's the spirit of the devil, the spirit of the Antichrist. And when I know that the battle's not with him as a person, it's within the spirit within that person, now I know how to pray. And that's how we fight. That's how you throw a jab. That's how you fight back against the enemy. Warring against evil is necessary to see the salvation of souls. You can't see a harvest of souls if somebody hasn't first fought in the kingdom of God. Warring is necessary to see the salvation of souls. And I got a powerful quote I want to share with you. Y'all maybe heard it. A true soldier doesn't fight not because he hates what's in front of him, but because he loves what is behind him. A true soldier doesn't fight because he hates the things that are in front of him. Hate motivates a lot of people to do a lot of crazy things. Church, we can't be motivated in hate. We can be motivated in love. A true soldier fights for the things that he cares about. So this is what God is telling you this morning. You will have to fight for the things that you love. The things that you love, to keep them, you're going to have to fight for them. And fighting for them means that you love them. Amen. So I want to do something. Oh, you'll close your eyes. Bow your heads if you want, I guess. Just, just, just sit still before the Lord. And so I want the Lord to show you all the things that you love and care about. And if I spoke to you this morning, I, hopefully I inspired you to fight for those things. And you say, Pastor Ian... I'm pumped up. I want to begin to fight against the enemy. I'm sick and tired of the enemy dictating my life. I'm going to defeat the enemy. If you want to do that, I want you just to raise your hands up real high in this place. Look at all them hands. Devil, you better look out. You better look out. Hallelujah. I want to pray over you to just impart strength and wisdom and peace in how to fight. Lord, so I thank you for these hands. I thank you for all these fields, God. Endless fields of opportunity. God, with a field is a blessing, but with a field means labor. With a field means work. And so, Lord, I pray that these Christians, these believers, these brothers and sisters in Christ, when it begins, the labor pains begin to come, God, that the strength of the Lord would begin to rise up on the inside of them. And they wouldn't just say, yes, God. They'd say, no, devil. And they'd say, not today, Satan. And they'd say, Jesus, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. Tell me where to go. Tell me what to do. Tell me how to fight. What's my next move, God? I pray that that would happen in Jesus' name. Devil, you better look out. Devil, you better look out. Amen. Hallelujah. Last thing I want to do this morning is if you're here this morning, maybe you're watching us online or you're here in the sanctuary, you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior. It's really simple. I don't want you to leave here today not knowing him as your Lord and Savior. Your, your eternal destination, your eternal life can change today. It ain't going to change on its own. You, you have to make a decision for Christ. So if you want to do that right now, you want to say, Ian, or Pastor Ian, I want to make Jesus my Lord and Savior. All you got to do is just stand up. Just stand up right now in the sanctuary. If you want to say, I want to make Jesus Christ my Lord, just stand up. If you're watching online and you're standing up, say, type that, I'm standing up. Or put an emoji, or raise hands in there if you're, if you're accepting Christ for the first time. Amen. So I want to lead us in a prayer. Maybe somebody's doing that online, I can't see. So I want to lead us in a prayer. I want you to repeat after me. So let's, let's say this. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. We trust you. We want to fight for you because you fought for me. Jesus, I trust my life to you. I accept you. 
I believe in you and I confess that you are Lord. Lead me today and the rest of the days of my life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, hallelujah. Who's glad you came to church today? Somebody, a bunch of you? Awesome. We're glad you came too, okay? Please come back again and see us next week. We love you, and y'all are dismissed.